passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. Welcome to 2021. Welcome to a brand new year of the show. I am so glad that you are joining us. I'm so glad that you have chosen. You have chosen to download the podcast, to play the podcast, um, because uh, we are committed to bringing you the hope that is found in King Jesus. We are committed. I am committed to be a soldier for the Lord. And so I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're listening along. Uh, You have no idea how encouraging you guys are to me. We have got some good stuff to get to today. Hopefully this is going to bring you uh, some hope. Um, I don't know about you, but I have heard from a lot of you guys. Um, You're DMing me, you're commenting, you're sending me messages um, about the fact that you are losing hope. You are losing faith. Where is God in our world today? And I'm telling you what, um, we need to change our perspective and we need to see what God has done rather than what we feel he hasn't done. So this is going to encourage you today. Um, I wanted to start off uh, with my monologue. I was going to do something completely different. But but I decided to change it at the last minute. I don't know. Um, I don't know what. I, I don't even have notes today. I'm going to go off the cuff because I feel like the Lord has given me a word. But I I have my baby daughter who's five now. Uh, she thinks she's 18, but she's not. She's actually five years old. Her name is Haven. If you have if you're a first time listener to the podcast, you'll you'll hear about my four kids a lot. They give me excellent preacher content. I mean, it's amazing. Every day I have another example of of something I could preach from the stage. Uh, But Haven has had a tooth. And this tooth, it's on the, it's on the, you know that, you know, your four teeth, like two on the top and two on the bottom. Um, This has been a tooth on the bottom of, of her teeth, like right in the middle, one of those middle teeth that, you know, the whole world sees. And it has been loose for six months. I'm not even kidding. Like this child has kept this tooth in her mouth so long. It's out of control how much, how long she has been able to keep this tooth in her mouth. Okay. Um, and, and uh, last week we went on vacation after Christmas. Um, and I noticed it was like, even when she breathed, you could see it move a little bit. And I'm like, Haven, honey, that tooth needs to come out. I'm worried about her swallowing the tooth. None of my kids have ever done that, but it kind of freaks me out. Well, we, I tried and, um, she was completely terrified of me getting anywhere near her tooth. Okay. Now I know as her mother that it, I literally, I'm going to put my hand in there and I'm going to like, just gently remove it. It doesn't even need to be pulled at this point. Like it is now it's a hazard being in her mouth. than it is me actually removing it from her mouth. But my home little mama girl did not even want to let me near her tooth. She freaked out. It was like a whole thing. We were at Disney in the hotel room and I'm thinking we we just we need to work on this when we get home. Last night same thing. 
she had actually pulled it and that, and it was really, really hanging. And if you're grossed out by this, sorry, but this is just my monologue for today. Uh, she, she had pulled it. It was bad. I knew that, you know, if she just hit it wrong, I didn't want her to swallow it in her sleep. And I, and I brought her in my bedroom and I said, listen, you're not leaving. We, we got to get this tooth out. You're not leaving until, until we get it out. And, um, she was petrified petrified. Now I knew as her mom, it was going to be fine, but the child was petrified. She, I prayed over, she asked me to pray over her. She asked me to hug her. She asked me to kiss her. She asked me to protect her. Of course, I'm doing all of those things. She's very upset. She's scared. And something came out of my mouth that really, I was like, wow, that was, (laughs) I feel like that was from the Lord. I looked at her at one point and I said, Haven, I know that this is not going to hurt you. And it's actually good for you, for mom, just to remove this. But right now, you are actually scared of your own fear. You have hyped yourself up so much that you are terrified and you are fearful of fear. And it was weird. It was like a little light bulb went off on her. I'm like, you're not scared anymore of what mom's going to do. You're scared of what you think is going to happen. And I I couldn't get this out of my head for the whole night because I feel like Satan in our world right now has created an element of what ifs, what if this happens? What if that doesn't happen? What if what, uh, you know, you, you know, you've lived 2020, you've lived last week. He's created this element of fear. And the thing of it is, is that God knows, just like I am Haven's mom, and I knew what the end result was going to be. God knows that he has got everything. You know that song from, you know, Bible school, from Moana's, whatever. He's got the whole world in his hands. God knows he has the world in his hands. He knows what the end result's going to be. He knows that it is going to be okay. Just like I was telling Haven last night, is girl, I got you. You know your mama loves you more than life. I've got you. I will take care of this little tooth. But she did not trust me. And it wasn't until I said, you are, you, you are fearful of fear at this point. Not a fact. You are fearful of your own fear. You have hyped yourself up so much. And, you know, I didn't say this to her, but I'm saying this to you. You can't hype yourself so much that you are scared of your own thoughts. You are not actually scared of what is happening. Just like Haven was terrified of her own fear. And I knew pulling her tiny little tooth was not going to hurt her at all. I had it under control. After I said that to her, I took our little wash rag. You know how you do moms out there and dads. Some of you guys, some, some of you guys, dads pull teeth. I took the little wash rag. I put it in her mouth and I did <laughs> she like fell into my hands. She started laughing. She started giggling. She started telling me, thank you. She was like, mom, you didn't hurt me. Everything was fine. Everything's okay. Mom, she was like, so excited about the tooth fairy. She was describing me. The tooth fairy's got a silver crown and she's got pink high heels on. And she may have white hair, but she may have black hair. This is what Haven's telling me. She immediately changed 
because she saw that I could be trusted. Even with her fear, she could trust her mom. And I want you today, as we head into this this, um, next segment, I want you today to evaluate your, if, if you are struggling with fear, I want you to back that truck up. I want you to evaluate, have you blown whatever it is you're scared about out of control so much that you're actually scared of something that's never going to happen rather than facing facts and trusting your God who knows what he's doing and who has things in control. I think this is a good way to start the year this year. Uh, We're going to come back right after the break with my word from the word. I'll see you back in just a What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on all of your favorite social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, guys. Welcome back from the break. Welcome back. Listen, I'm going to do something a little bit different today just because I, well, I just am. <laughs> I am um, every single year, every year in, internally, internally in our ministry, um, God gives me a word. Now, this became super popular. I would say five years ago. Um, and now it's like a thing. Like, uh, but uh, I've been doing this for, you know, 10, 10, 15 years uh, with our ministry. And the word that God gives me um, never comes from me. I, I know there's different ways that people do it. They like choose, like, this is my word, like strength. That is my word for the year. And, you know, hope, that is my word for the year, favor, whatever it is. Um, they choose a word for the year. I've done it differently over the last decade, 15 years, something like that. I have asked the Lord, give me a prophetic word for our year. Now, there has been some doozies over the year. Um, I remember one, it was a phrase, shift and shed was the word, the lot, the phrase that God gave me. Uh, and it was terrible that year we lost, we, we, we lost so many people from our team. We had like a Judas situation happen on our team. Uh, one of my dear, dear, uh, personal staff members ended up getting brain cancer and died that year. And it was just a, a year of pruning. 
Um, we have had words that have spanned um, from very positive words to very negative words. Last year, um, God gave me last year as in 2019 for 2020, uh, the year that God gave me in about October. And that's unusual because normally he'll give me um, the word closer in December for the following year was explode. Now I'm thinking in my positive faith-filled mind that explode is going to be, wow, the ministry is going to explode. Like things are going to happen. Things are going to multiply and it's going to be amazing. And, you know, I'm thinking from a positive context, but that's not really what happened in about March when we had a virus explode on the world which caused our uh, school systems to kind of explode. It caused, uh, you know, our businesses, I mean, our way of life. Everything just kind of went crazy last year. I was very, I knew exactly why God had given me that word. And I want to share with you our internal ministry prophetic word for this year. I have never done this before except after the fact, because there's something, I don't know, sacred about it, I guess, that my t- I really cling to with my team. But I, I really feel like God wants me to share it with you. In about November, I uh, had been praying. I have prayed more for our country and our world this year than I ever have in my entire life. Um, I was praying. I've been praying for our church, uh, Big C Church, not a church, Big C Church. And I was praying about the word for the year. Lord, Lord, tell me what we can expect, uh, what we can expect next year. And the Lord was very clear through a number of events. The word that came to mind was, this is a good word, y'all. It's going to encourage you. Laugh. Now I have never, God has never given me a word like that for the year. But it was very, very clear that God was telling me um, 2021, especially for our personal ministry, will be the year that we laugh. And I really clung on to it, especially going through like the election and everyone, all the stuff, the riots and all that kind of stuff. I really uh, clung to that word because I'm thinking, you know, it's going to take me some faith to actually declare that this is the prophetic word for the year. And God brought me to a passage in Proverbs and in Genesis. And I want to read this passage to you. You'll know it. It's very familiar out of Proverbs. But this is the line or passage that God gave me. Proverbs 31, 25. This is talking about um, the Proverbs 31 woman, who, by the way, I kind of hate her because she's so perfect. But um, I've done, I've studied her a lot. I've studied these verses a lot. I actually did a whole series on them a few years ago and looked at the original language and found out that when you look in the original text, the Proverbs 31 doesn't really read like you think it reads. It reads very different. As a matter of fact, the word virtue is a military term used by Israel uh, to fight. So it put it in context really nicely when I found out that that word was used as a military term to fight. I put it in context really well because in order to be a Proverbs 31 woman, you have got to fight 
for it doesn't just happen. So this uh, passage has been, um, I think, has been overlooked over the years, and I think it's been undertaught. Um, but I focused on this, and rather the Holy Spirit brought this line to me. Proverbs 31, 25 says this, and this can be applied to men too. I know we have a lot of men that listen as well. Strength and dignity are her, this woman's, clothing. So she laughs at the future. Now, I went a little bit deeper, of course, and looked at the original language of the word laugh when I felt like the Lord was giving me this word for the year. I'm not going to try to say it because I will totally butcher it, but it's something like sakak. That's that is literally how it's written. S A K H A K. And I know, you know, uh, there there is I'm just not even going to try to say it. But this term laugh means to look at the future. Laugh at it as if you mock it because you are so confident that you can handle whatever is coming. And I don't know about you, but I needed the Lord to show me via his spirit, this word, because he was reminding me when he brought me to this word laugh. You know, laugh can mean a lot of different things. Laugh can mean very funny. Uh, you can laugh because it is, you. it's like unbelievable. Um, you can laugh as if to mock something saying, come and get me because I am clothed in strength and dignity and I can handle what is coming. Why? Because the spirit of the living God resides inside of me. Laugh can mean so many different things, but I believe this year, as we're looking forward to 2021, as we're in it right now, as we're living it, as we're watching the world events take place, I want you to take great heart in this. When you are a child of our almighty God, you can, just like this woman, remember military term, virtue means military term. It is, uh, it doesn't mean military term. It is a military term. Uh, when you are a child of God and you look at the future and it is unknown and it may be unprecedented and it may be uh, make you nervous and it may make everyone that you know shake in fear, you don't have Two, you can rather have the perspective that you can stare directly into the future, not knowing what it's there, but you know who is inside of you and you can laugh and mock it uh, uh, because you know who is in charge. I am so drawn to the fact that this uh, verse says in Proverbs 31, 25, strength and dignity are her clothing. So she laughs at the future. You know, there's something that the world is looking for right now more than ever. It's strong people. It's people with dignity. It's people that haven't abandoned their morals and principles and they haven't abandoned the Lord to chase whatever political hope they think that they have. They haven't abandoned the Lord. They have stood strong. 
What we need right now is believers, just like Psalm 1 says, whose roots go deep. They they are like um, trees planted by the rivers of water. We need believers to stand in strength, not cower in weakness. We need believers who actually trust the name of the living God to step up to the plate right now and say, listen, I'm laughing at the future because I know who holds it. I need, I I want to encourage you to do the same thing. God is the God of yesterday, today, and forever. He has already lived the future. He already knows what's coming. He has written this story that we just get to live in. But we need strength right now. And I want to challenge you. You are stronger than you think you are. We literally house the living God inside of us. Therefore, not based on how we feel, not based on emotion, not based on what the world tells us we have to be, not cowering in weakness. Because of that fact alone, we can stand strong. We can stand with dignity. We can look at the future with eyes of hope and we can laugh at it and we can mock it in a way that we say, no matter what comes, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand strong. Because I know who is housed in me. This was one of the verses that God brought me to. And is that loaded or what, you guys? Like, that's like totally loaded. Like, that is like a steak dinner with a bloated baked potato. Come on, bring on the cheesecake afterwards. I mean, that is like a loaded word right there. But as I was praying about this word laugh, God also reminded me of uh, someone that laughed. And you guys, you guys are going to know this. Like, these are like, this is not like, we're not like, this is hidden in plain sight. Proverbs 31, are you kidding me? Like everyone and their mom knows that, that passage. And this is going to be a familiar one too. But I was actually reminded of this uh, this morning. God kept bringing the fact that Sarah laughed. Sarah literally laughed when um, she overheard God telling, um, Abraham that she was going to bear a son because she was old. Like she was like an old lady. Uh, you know, I mean, could you imagine your grandma's having a baby right now? Like that would be crazy. Okay. You would totally laugh too. But he reminded me of a new point this morning. And this is actually instigated why I wanted to share this with you today. God's bringing this word. Sarah laughed and I proved her wrong. Sarah laughed. She almost couldn't believe what was happening. It's a different kind of a laugh than the woman in Proverbs 31. She, she laughed in disbelief. She laughed because she couldn't believe that God would do anything good because she'd only faced negative things. She laughed because she didn't have the faith to believe what Almighty God was telling her husband. She laughed to mock the Lord, not to mock the future. And I'm looking at this and I think um, there may be a bunch of Sarahs out there today. Now, if you're a man, like you could, you know, l- let's call it something else. Let's call it Sam. Okay. You could, it, maybe it's Sam. I, I don't know. But the same principles apply. The Proverbs 31 is laughing at the future. And she's saying, I got this. I got it. Bring it on 2021. Bring it on. I'm clothed with strength and dignity. You cannot stop me. Because I house the spirit of the living God. That's what Proverbs 31 is saying. Now, Sarah, she's like a Proverbs 
32 woman. Okay. She's like different. <laughs> that was really funny. No one's in here to laugh at me, but I'm going to laugh at my own joke. She's, she's like, she's like not there yet. Okay. And we know, I know she's the mother of the faith, whatever, but right here, she's having a weak moment. Okay. Genesis 18, 12 says this. Uh, let me pick it up in uh, Genesis 18, 9. I'm going to pick it up there. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, Abraham said, there in the tent. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah and Abraham have had butchered this thing. I mean, they they were going to adopt and, and uh, that wasn't what God was telling them. And then, you know, the whole Ishmael debacle. So th they've had a rough ride at this point. But God is says, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing years. And that's what the Bible says about us. But as a woman, I can tell, it says about her, but as a woman, I can tell you this. She's discouraged. Everything that she has believed for didn't happen yet. Everything that she's put her trust in fell flat. She trusted Abraham. She's trusted this word of the Lord. And yet as year goes by after year, she doesn't have a son. And now she's old. It doesn't seem to her that it's even possible. She tried the Ishmael thing. How did that work out? Not great. Okay. They tried to adopt. That wasn't right. And year after year, she's faced major, major, major disappointment. She doesn't even have the faith to go in the room where Abraham is uh, discussing with God this. She's at the tent door. She doesn't even have the courage to go in there and even interrupt. I mean, the, nowadays I would go in and be like, you know, to my husband, Eddie, what's she talking about? Like, I want to know what's God saying. She stands at the door. She stands at the door with a dead faith. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, verse 11, advanced in age, also advanced in disappointment, I would add. Sarah was past the childbearing years. Verse 12, so Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Verse 14, God steps up to the plate. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? And this is what struck me this morning. And this is what I want to share with you today. And this is why I know the word laugh is our word this year. At the appointed time next year, I will return to you. And at that time next year, Sarah will have a son. Verse 15, Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did. Uh, Genesis 21 says this, 21, one, the Lord 
took note of Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Now, there's two kinds of definitions to this laugh, and then I'll be done. I've already gone over extensively the laugh in Proverbs 31, that she's confident. She's laughing at the world because she knows her God. In Genesis 18, we see the opposite of that. We see the Proverbs 32 woman. We see the woman who is weak and she laughs in disbelief at God. She's forgotten the power that he possesses. She's forgotten what he can do. Her disappointments have been many. But this is the word for you today. If you find yourself laughing like that, I want to remind you what Genesis 18, 14 said, is anything, anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. I don't know what you've been waiting for, but I am just going to prophetically speak over your life. Those of you that have been disappointed and you're not laughing at the world because you have God, you're laughing at God because you've listened to the world. I want to encourage you today that nothing is too difficult for the Lord. So if you've been laughing at God, I want you to change your perspective for 2021. We're going to start understanding that nothing is too difficult. and We're going to start laughing at the world saying, you know what? No matter what it shows me this year, no matter what I have to face this year, no matter what it is. I'm going to laugh at the future because I know God is the God of my future. It's interesting uh, to me that the exact same word in Proverbs 31, 25 about uh, the the virtuous woman, um, that word laugh is the exact same word in the original language that is located in Genesis 18, 12. Sarah laughed to herself. Do you see what I'm saying? That's why I can make this correlation here. Who are you laughing at? Are you laughing at the world in confidence, wearing strength and dignity? Are you laughing at God in weakness saying, I don't believe you because it hasn't happened yet. You guys, I believe that we are on the precipice of a revival. And in order to get that, we need believers who are like Proverbs 31 woman who looks at the future in a military stance and says, bring it on because God is the God of So 2021, that's our word, laugh. That's our word. It means to laugh, mock, play. Bring it on 2021 because we know who our God is. Love you guys so much. Catch me after the break. I've got a question from one of you. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. 
To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, hey guys, back from the break. I am so pumped uh, that I got to share my heart with you guys today. Um, We have got a question from Leslie, and I love this question. If you haven't picked up my book, Gangster Prayer, I'm I'm not trying to be whatever, but it will explain this question in detail. There's like half of a chapter on it. Uh, But Leslie writes this. She says, with the new year beginning... I'm already feeling the same lost feeling I felt in 2020. I want to do a fast to grow closer to God. Where do I begin and how do I fast? Leslie, uh, I couldn't be more excited about this question. I, I didn't, I, in the last, I would say 10 years, I, I started fasting. Uh, so this is something that um, is relatively new for me. I've been a believer for 20 years, but I didn't realize the benefit of fasting. Now, there are several different types of fast that you can do. You you know that Jesus fasted for 40 days at the very beginning of his ministry. That's when he was tempted from the devil. He fasted from everything. I mean, he, he did not eat. I mean, I, I don't. I actually don't know how he did it. Uh, There is a Jewish fast, which would be from sundown one day to sundown the next day. When you are looking at things to give up personally, I think social media fasting is great. I just, clearly they didn't have Twitter in the Bible, but um, I really strongly believe that a fasting is a sacrifice and social media is in the luxury column for me. Um, so I'm not, I would, I don't fast from social media for spiritual things. Now, can you? Absolutely. That's just my perspective. Um, when I look at fasting, it is a sacrifice at some sort, which is why you fast from food. So you can do this multiple different ways. Maybe you skip a meal and pray over lunch. Maybe you don't eat lunch one day. You fast lunch. Okay. Maybe you um, don't eat sugar and you fast sugar for whenever I do lot. We did a 40 day fast one time and I fasted all sugar and all carbohydrates. And that was, that was really hard. I was super, (laughs) I really needed the strength of the Lord at the end of that, but you can choose needs to fast. Now, if you have a medical condition, you need to consult your doctor on what you need to fast uh, or whatever. Cause I know people are diabetic and all that kind of stuff. I'm just telling you what I do, Leslie. Um, you can fast really anything um, food related because food is a desperate need. But here's the thing. Fasting without prayer is just going without food. Uh, that's pointless to me. I like food. Uh, so when you have a craving for that food or that thing, that should trigger prayer in your life. That's the whole point of it. Okay. Um, if I want a cookie, um, you know, and I'm fasting, it will trigger prayer in my life, you know? So fasting is a sacrifice that you supplement with prayer as well. I don't know why fasting works. There are several examples of fasting in the scripture. Jehoshaphat, uh, Judah fasted, Queen Esther fast. I mean, there's like fast everywhere. Jesus fasted, lots of people fasted. But there is something supernatural about it that produces either change in the situation you're fasting about 
or in you. Sometimes when you fast, the situation doesn't change, but you change. You have a breakthrough. You have a new perspective. And sometimes God changes the situation. You fast to sacrifice for the Lord to hear from the Lord. And um, that's really where you start. You can start so simply. I mean, what if I like Diet Coke? I drink Diet Coke every day. I know it's carcinogenic. I've heard, read your emails, but I like it and I drink it. Sometimes um, I could not drink that and fast that. That would be, you know, something that I, that I would consider a need in my life. It's not a need. I'm just kidding. But you can start small and see what God does. I remember the first time I fasted, um, there was a guy that I was working with in college and he was an atheist and I loved him. He like love is a friend. Like I, he was one of my friends that I worked with in college. He was an atheist. He respected the fact that I love Jesus, but he just didn't. And, um, me and my friend, uh, fasted every Friday for him until he got saved. We were going to fast every single Friday. And the crazy thing is, you guys, it took four weeks. He went from total atheist. We fasted for four Fridays in a row. On the fourth Friday, when I was done with my fast, he came up to me and he said, I have some news to share with you. And he said, last night I gave my life to Christ. I don't know why it works. I don't know how it works. But God engages with us when we sacrifice for him and when we seek him. And it's amazing. So Leslie, that's where I would start. You can really do anything. There's a, there's a lot of things you can do. There's a Daniel fast, but really choose something that would be sacrificial to you. And it's a need in your life. And when you feel the urge for that thing during your fast, pray. I hope this helps you guys. I love you guys so much. I will see you next week with another word, uh, hopefully, from the Lord. It's going to be good, guys. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Episode.